I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy, where we discuss policy issues of importance. Today we are going to talk about the obesity burden in India and what the NFHS data talks about it. And to discuss this with me, I have my colleague Harshit. Welcome to this podcast, Harshit. It's so good to have you here. Hey, Priyal, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So glad that you've joined me in this conversation. Harshit has a degree in medicine, so we thought that you know him being here would be the best. So we know that technically obesity was not considered like a Indian problem, and it was considered very specifically the Western issue, right? And over the past few years, we have noticed that obesity is now slowly becoming a growing concern in the country. Uh, now, before we go into like what exactly the NFHS data talks about obesity, Harshit, can you tell us what exactly this NFHS survey is and what are the findings of this survey with respect to like obesity and other issues and what exactly does the survey talk about? So NFHS is the National Family and Health Survey. It has been done, I think, from somewhere around 1992 hmm. at a regular interval of five, six years. Hmm. The latest one was 19 to 21. It's like usually done in one year, right. but because of the pandemic, it got like a little stressed. Okay. It's like 19 to 21. Yeah. So uh, this is basically a survey in which the government, basically the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, sends out people hmm. to collect data. They have a long, it's a pretty long questionnaire. They have a long questionnaire in which they yes. ask you all kinds of questions. They ask you, for instance, how many times did you have irritated during last week? Mm-hmm. They ask you what kind of uh, contraceptives do you use? They ask you how much do you eat? They try to like gauge malnutrition, stunting, anemia, all kinds of health-related indicators. Right. And basically, they also try to include things like marriage, age at marriage. So it's Slowly, slowly, they are trying to... Pretty comprehensive. Yeah, it's like pretty comprehensive. Although people tend to like make a lot of... So the thing is, the sample size mm-hmm. is not quite good enough to make micro inferences. Okay, okay. I mean, at the district level, even at for some indicators at the state level, it's the survey mm-hmm. is good for trends because it right. is the only reliable uh, sort of like survey or data we have, which is like updated every five years. As a set methodology and you could, it's like the most reliable thing we have, but it's, right. but it is not good for like micro level indicators. Okay. Okay. Right. So like when it comes to the survey, what does it actually talk about like obesity? Does it specifically mention obesity and uh, you know, it does it give out like specific numbers about it for our country? Yeah. So there are a lot of interesting findings from the survey. So it says that obesity has increased in Almost all the states in Indian territories. And now we have a larger proportion of overweight children. It's like mm-hmm. from around uh, 2% in 2015 16 mm-hmm. to around 3.4, 3.5% right now. Right. And it also says that, so there's a difference between being overweight and being obese. So according to the survey and according to WHO guidelines and a lot of literature in medicine, 
if your BMI body mass index is somewhere is between 25 and 30, you are overweight. And if it is above 30, then you are obese. So the survey also makes like sort of a differentiate between the two. But what people tend to focus on is more than 25. Right. Because right. Uh, the proportion of people who are more than 30 is like not as large as what we see in developed countries. There are a lot of interesting findings. For instance, if you come yeah. in the top 10%, you are four times more likely to be overweight if you come in the poorest. It's basically, to simplify, it's like the more wealthy you get, the more the chances increase of you having a larger BMI. Right. So it's a little opposite to what we see in Western countries because in some countries and places in Europe, you see that the poor are more obese because they don't have access to healthy food. Right, right. But India is right now at a place in a trajectory where poor don't have access to food and the rich mm-hmm. have access to more food and they're moving less. Right. So everything adds up and you have the rich being more, more overweight. Obese. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they have more access to more food and, you know, different varieties of food, right? Whereas for the poor, they are dependent on basic, necess- like food is their basic bare minimum necessity that they may not have access to. Yeah, in India, you can see what is called as a double burden. Right. So we have people who are at this end of the spectrum who are like deficient in nutrition, undernutrition, they have undernutrition. And right. now we also have a growing proportion of people who are overweight. Right, so right. we now have to deal with both of them. We also have to deal with people who are uh, underweight, uh, health them out, and we also have to deal with people who are overweight. And with being overweight, there are a lot of problems that come with it. Right. And like, in generally, I think in the past, India has focused more, mainly on malnutrition, right? The government has mainly focused on malnutrition and it made sense, I think, 10 to 15 years ago. Even, I think, until 2010, it would make sense for... Um, us to have schemes on malnutrition and stuff like that. And we have schemes targeted very specifically towards like the poor people as well as like even have focusing mainly on different age groups of kids, starting from pregnant women to nursing women to, you know, young babies as starting from zero to like 18 months to 36 months and are going to like toddlers, early school going kids. So multiple different schemes have been introduced in our country in the past and it is still ongoing just because uh, we understand now that obesity is a growing concern. We are not dismissing the fact that malnutrition is still a problem in our country. But like one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Harshit, was why do we consider, you know, obesity to be such a rich world problem and that, you know, it's not something that India has sort of wrapped its head around that this is a growing concern according to you. So if you talk about like a few decades ago, around maybe 15, 20, 25 years back, this was somewhat true. We were like the burden of undernutrition, the burden of not having enough food, the diseases associated with not getting enough nutrition, Hmm. enough calories was quite large. And like, if you like look at pictures of your grandparents and maybe if you look at pictures of your people of your grandparents' generation, you'll see that most of them it would be quite difficult to find yeah, or yeah. your great parents' parents. It would be like quite yeah, difficult yeah. to find people who are on the on the higher side of the BMI. But if you look around today, you'll see that a lot of people, at least people in our strata who are like urban, middle class, upper class, like comfortable, we have access to food and our jobs don't require us to do like a lot of 
manual labor or energy expenditure is like quite less. You'll see a lot of people who are obese or overweight. Right. So this was previously a Western concern. Hmm. But today, so the interesting thing is around 65, 70, more than 70 percent of hmm. obese people now, now live in low and middle income countries. Oh, okay. So from the high income uh, countries, the developed countries, this problem is like, now also this. Yeah. Yeah, they also have this problem right now. But if you look right. at figures, particularly from North America, basically from the United States, you'll see that obesity is a large, large concern of theirs. So yeah, I think it has more to do with changing of lifestyles, organization, access to fast food, and our food having more oil, sugar, yeah. carbohydrates packed into it. And also, I think occupation-wise, right, like few years ago, even up until the 90s, the main occupation was primarily agriculture and manual labor and very physically, you know, heavy lifting labor, right? And now it has moved mainly towards service sector-based jobs, which essentially requires you to like sit and do your work. Whereas, you know, a lot of work that requires intense physical labor is slowly declining. So the fact that we see this trend is actually not quite surprising. But like uh, before we move on, one more question I wanted to ask you about the NFHS itself is, see, we understand that, you know, here they have calculated the waist to hip ratio to understand, like to identify the percentage of body uh, fat. And uh, with that also, so this survey is mainly a population survey, right? When we're talking about surveys like this, and when it comes to health-related issues, when we're talking about obesity and malnutrition and everything, uh, it differs from person to person and stuff. So in this kind of uh, sense, how does this, you know, what is the significance of doing uh, such a huge survey and like relying solely on numbers? So yeah, so I think what you're talking about is basically the difference between sort of a community approach and a individual yeah, like, yeah. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking about, so the waist to hip ratio, this is the first time the f survey has added this measurement. They previously used to calculate only BMI. So waist, hmm. so if you talk about waist to hip ratio, they've added this because it gives you a better idea of basically abdominal fat. So okay. abdominal fat added with BMI gives you a way better indicator of being at risk of metabolic diseases, of diabetes, hypertension, and all uh, and everything that is uh, associated with obesity. Right. Uh, and if you talk about individual level, so at an individual level, you all, you have to take into account a lot of things. So mm -hmm. if you only take into account BMI mm -hmm. and you are elderly or you are very muscular, mm -hmm. it will not give you a very good idea. Right. And for Indians, the latest literature points out that your BMI should be less than 23, not 25. Okay. 25 okay. is sort of a community level old right. literature thing. I think it was WH or Lancet who pointed out, I cannot remember it at the back of mm -hmm. my head. It was a very reputed organization which said that you should have a BMI which is like less than 23. And you should also look at your exercise numbers, half an hour of water exercise every day. You should also look at your cholesterol numbers. You should also look at your blood pressure, your sugars. You should also look at your family history if Maybe your parents or your grandparents or your, if you, some of your cousins have a certain, these kind of diseases, right, you should right. be more careful. So that is at an individual level. But I think for a country like India, it would be difficult to have such a comprehensive survey at a population level. There is a need for that, obviously. Uh. But uh, 
a better approach maybe would be to integrate sort of like hospital level data right. to anonymized database from which you can make inferences. Right, right. That would yeah. be a good first step. That's actually very interesting. And that's obviously that would give us like better perspective about things, right? Because this there would be a large a pool of data that we could like draw con- uh, inferences from. Now, before we move on, we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back. Hello and welcome back to the episode. I was in conversation with Harshit and we were talking about the obesity burden of our country. So like as a doctor, Harshit, one of the things uh, that I wanted to ask you or have a conversation with you about was that we know that, you know, currently we also discussed that we have access to a lot of food these days because of in varying quantities, right? So what exactly is making India so obese and as a doctor, what are the medical effects of obesity that you see? So obesity, to like simplify, it's like a very crude simplification. It's because there is a mismatch between calorie consumption and energy expectancy. So now we can easily get access to dense calorie-packed food and we are not utilizing that as much. Right. Because we are now leading a sedentary lifestyle. Even if you talk about, obviously a portion of our population is moving towards less manual intensive jobs, less energy intensive jobs. But the ones who are already in those jobs, physical activity associated outside their work has like reduced a lot. So you do not have to like cycle to work. You have some kind of a transport which is like available if you live in a city. And even if you live in the periphery, you now have some kind of transport. Right. You do not have to like walk a lot. Yeah. The walking In the sense, uh, you remember like when our parents used to say that we used to walk like 10 kilometers every day to reach our school and everything, whereas you guys have it easy because you have a school bus coming and picking you up from the doorstep and dropping you to the school and then bringing you back and stuff, right? So technically, our dependence on any sort of physical activity has gone down because so many things have become so easy for us, right? Yeah, I think everybody has heard that when yeah. we walk to school. Yeah, That story, I think, has been fixed of everybody's life. Yeah, so yeah. obviously we don't use that much energy that maybe the previous generation used and the previous generation does not use that much energy that the previous generation used. And right. we now have things. So there are certain theories which go around which say that humans have a certain disposition because of our evolution for hmm. a certain kind of food. Basically, okay. foods which are energy rich. Right. So, what food manufacturers do is they mm-hmm. make these foods which are energy rich. So, they are already appealing to your body and they also right. add additives to them. So, it's not always up to you that will you eat that cake or not. So, it's right, also right. because by design, because of evolution and also because how that taste is designed, how your body basically craves sugar. It needs more. It does not right. seem to get like bored of sugar. So yeah. now it is. It has become easily available, and the food, the processed food, the packaged food has a lot of added preservatives. Yeah. So there are a lot of calories packed in that small food item. Uh, right. Take for account the chocolate bar. Maybe 30, 40 grams has around three hundred, four hundred calories, mm-hmm. and you would not be satisfied by eating a small chocolate bar. Right. So. 
yeah i know it's also like this addiction to like all these energy rich drinks also right like if just having one glass of coca cola is not enough you need to have it with every meal because you feel like it complements certain food and everything so every time you have a pizza or a burger you will accompany it with a heavy sugar added coca cola or pepsi or something like that so it's sort of like so, your body needs it so i think it was coca cola or pepsi i don't remember i think it was coca cola they used to put cocaine in the drinks oh yeah it was coca cola so it was coca cola so i would literally get addicted to coca cola and well, obviously advertisement and everything else has has made you like very habituated to all these things yeah, yeah, and from yeah. a young age you, you look at baby formula baby formula the feeding formula which pays a gift to their children uh, yeah that does not need to be sweet right you're, yeah yeah you definitely you're making your children habituated to sweet and how to expect him to not eat sweet when he yeah. when he's like four or five right yeah you have been feeding him like sweet you have he associates sweet with food right so everything is being is like pushing you towards eating more sugars and right. eating more energy dense food and basically your expenditure goes down and so uh, if you look at one extreme you can look at us so if you look at sizes portion sizes maybe you look at you go and order a glass of coke in a restaurant mm-hmm. in us and you order the same glass of coke at a restaurant in europe the size difference is huge oh. so you will get a huge glass in the us and you will get a much smaller glass in europe wow okay so the portion size also if you get one glass you are more likely to like finish it right and if everything is huge you see that as normal so if you get yeah, one yeah, glass yeah. of coke you'll drink it up definitely yeah yeah definitely and all of these like eventually causes a lot of health problems right like we know that obesity is one of the main causes of like having intake of so much sugar has leads to diabetes cholesterol and everything and at the end of the day the country will end up having such a huge disease burden in these in these places that will become such a big problem for the country and already india is dealing with a lot of heart based diseases currently we have a huge burden of those diseases already so you know obesity will this trend continues it's going to become a huge 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 problem yeah obesity does make you more likely to get diabetes hmm. and more likely to suffer from stroke paralysis right. have uncontrolled blood pressure and obese people are more likely to get like certain kinds of cancers right and recently if you are obese you are more likely to die from covid so obesity oh. it like affects all your systems has a adverse effect on almost every part of your body so there's a there are problems uh, from being obese and there are problems associated with being obese and obesity is basically the causation of a lot of problems right right definitely and i think so now that we've discussed so much issues about what exactly obesity is what it leads to and what is the cause of it and everything how do you think we as a country should sort of move when it comes to obesity or this burden of obesity that we are apparently having so you cannot like basically force people to eat what you think is nutritious definitely so people yeah. will yeah people will eat whatever is cheap tasty yeah. and accessible right you cannot uh, if you say for instance you said broccoli is more nutritious than potatoes this is a very crude example so unless broccoli is at least as cheap as potatoes and there's a change in the population which says 
they now accept broccoli as a part of their cuisine or as a part of their daily diet, their meals, it will not be a stable part. So if the government sort of like, the government will have to regulate because we'll have to regulate advertisement. We'll have to regulate advertisement to young children. We do not want like fast foods which are unhealthy for children to be sold in canteens and other places. The government will have to regulate that. The government will also have to make the general population aware of that how harmful this X item is. Right. So right. they they are like starting a program. It's called Health Star Rating. So they if you look at any a packaged food packet, you see at the back of the packet there's a small label which says this has X calories. Right. Why right. with this much fats? Yeah. Right. So what right. they're doing is they they're doing a front packaging. They they do the front labeling where they'll give out five stars. Right. So how healthy this is. There has been some criticism for this, that this is not enough. Or, you need to do but more. But it's a start. It's a start. Yeah, it's a start. It's Definitely. a better direction. Yeah. Also, I think when it comes to, you know, making people aware, I know early back in the 90s, when I was a child, we would see like this polio advertisements and everything. And I know that these... Um, advertisements in uh, national television and everything did help significantly, which was one of the ways to sort of reach out to a wider population, right? Even with respect to overpopulation, over the past 10 to 15 years, we've seen how uh, awareness had played a significant role in sort of, you know, convincing a lot of families to go for nuclear family rather than have a lot of children and stuff. So I think your point about, you know, making people aware is one of the first steps to go about it. And not just in terms of obesity, because with malnutrition, we're already doing it, right? But even with now, along with malnutrition, focusing also, giving some amount of attention even to obesity and talking about the problems associated with it and where the problem lies, I think, is one of the uh, initial ways to go about it. Yeah, so I think the polio program, the advertisement played a huge role in making people come to the vaccination stations. Yes, we do need sort of a push hmm. from the government which says that, oh, so don't eat this, right. exercise more and you'll be fine. Yeah. So, so, something along those lines. And so the thing with polio was, it was like super accessible. Right. You also have to make uh, healthy food accessible and like cheap. Right. You cannot expect if somebody, if you like, go to a shop and you get some sort of like biscuits for 10 rupees. Yeah. And if you try to maybe, I don't know, buy broccoli and you don't get it for 10 rupees. So that's not, if you get it for 50, it's like, who would eat Yeah, it's sort of like when you go to a restaurant and a, a bowl of salad is, say, 350, 400 bucks, whereas a bucket of chicken is, um, oily fried chicken is 250 bucks. Obviously, people are going to go for the bucket of chicken, right? They're not going to go for a bowl of sanded because they're saving some money there. <laughs> so I think your point of making healthier food more accessible and more cheap would be uh, another way to go about it. Yeah, I had so many internal fights over ordering the salad. Be like oh, same, 400, same. Yeah. 400. Yeah, yeah. Salad. Definitely. It's like <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> mostly the result is, oh, I'll buy it. I, I'll get home, I'll buy it and I'll make it myself. Yeah, exactly. Let's, and that never happens. <laughs> yeah, and let's order a, a fried something tasty for 200 and eat it and be happy. Then it's eating true. a salad and being sad. 
<laughs> exactly. And that's sort of like a thing that I think even kids learn at a very young age, right? Because when they are buying uh, food, the parents also will look at the cost and they'll be like, oh, wait, this particular thing it may not be super healthy, but at least it's not as expensive. So since it's not something that we're going to have often, let's go and buy this. And then if the kids like it and they, you know, constantly like force their parents to buy it, after a point they will buy it and once they can addict it, then they'll obviously keep having that. So so I, I think we need to like uh, tell the listeners why we are talking about examples which appear to be like wealthy examples because yeah. right now obesity is a rich man problem right now. Yeah. The poor, they do suffer from obesity, but not as much. The percentage as... is, I think, significantly low. I think even in the NFHS data, it so shows that in India, at least the problem right now with respect to obesity is seen more in the urban population than in the rural population, right? Yeah, and, and even yeah. more in the wealthier. Right, right. The wealthier population have. Right, right. So it makes sense for us to like, you know, focus more on it right now. And because even now, the India's poor still suffers from malnutrition, which is why the schemes and stuff are still ongoing and the we still are battling with that. We are not by... Uh, another thing we want to make clear to our listeners is also that by talking so much about obesity, we're not dismissing that uh, the focus on malnutrition should not... Uh, we're not saying that there should not be focus on malnutrition. We're not dismissing that problem. Uh, it's just that this is another problem. Obesity is another problem that we need to start thinking about and coming up with the uh, ways of managing it are before it becomes like a huge crisis in the country. Yeah, I think we ourselves are working on undernutrition, malnutrition. I'm working on a project in Karnataka and you're you're focusing on tribal areas, right? Yeah, I am focusing on tribal areas. I've not uh, started it yet, but I aim to start it sometime soon. My target population is to see what are the schemes for malnutrition for the tribal population and what exactly is happening in that side. So one i'll be starting yeah, that so soon. we are obviously we are putting uh, our money where our mouth is yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> you you have to uh, like prevent obesity from becoming as large an issue as undernutrition definitely and is, yeah and it is like obviously it's more easier said than done hmm. but you'll have to take if you want to change the behavior of the population if you want to prevent what you call that westernization uh, I read it somewhere in Japanese literature. They called it westernization of diet. Fast food, oh, adding okay. fast food and everything else. So right. but they wanted to prevent diet, but their system was a lot different. They sort right. of like, the uh, one good thing they did was they start to focus on children from a very young age. They right, provide right. them fruits. This is government funded and government mm-hmm. provided fruits in schools. They do not allow like sodas and mm. too much sugary items in the canteen and stuff right and they also try to make people aware of physical activity and they make it fun so it's not like in india where your math teacher comes up and takes your game spirit away (laughs) oh yeah that's a recurring problem here isn't it yeah yeah so we also do not focus too much on like physical activity yeah we should focus and we should you have to make people realize that physical activity is quite important for you and right. physical, regular physical activity is important even if you are within the desired BMI range. Right, right. Physical activity will also reduce the burden of obesity and its associated diseases. Definitely. 
And I think to reiterate what you said, you know, before this becomes like a massive problem, it's okay to start early when we know that there are some initial signs about a certain thing, right? In sort of like COVID terms, before it becomes a huge wave, it's better to start thinking of possible solutions. Yeah, it, it's like, you. I don't think it's early. I think it's act. It's the perfect timing. You're right. It's uh, you like stop it before you have to like spend a lot of your resources on yeah, yeah. changing people's behavior and trying to like ban certain food items and stuff. If you right, right. If you make the population's diet and taste towards a more nutritional and healthier diet, you there would be no need to regulate the market. Right, but right. you won't have to like ban. Coca-Cola, Pepsi. Yeah. So that would be counterproductive, obviously. But I think something like putting a label on it will force Coca-Cola to may- maybe, I don't know, make all of it. These are actually some really interesting points, Harshid. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode and giving your insight about the NFHS data and the obesity and the problems associated with it. It was nice having you here with me. Thank you, Priya. Thank you so much for inviting me. And to all our listeners, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you and goodbye. Stay safe. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at ivmpodcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.